We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. What's going on, folks? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by DoorDash, Pepsi, and Bet Online. My name is Rob. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my number one stunner, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. What's up, bro? What's up? What's up? Number one stunner, man. That, that reminds me of the old school Hot Boys. I know, man. I need to. I need to come up with like some, uh, some like nicknames for you, like every time. Like I should, yeah. I should just make it a point where every time we record, I got like a different nickname. <laughs> yeah, uh, Will Blackman actually, he was listening to the old uh, Lil Wayne. The block is hot. Like he posted the, uh, posted a picture of it like earlier this morning. So just you know, what a coincidence. Maybe the Hot Boys. Maybe it's a sign. I need to listen to some uh, old school Hot Boys music. 
I don't, man. I, I mean, I can't say that I, uh, I can't take credit for any of that. I just, I don't know why that, that literally like jumped into my head. Like the moment I was doing, like about to introduce you, I don't know why. That's the best way when, you know, when it just comes natural. Yeah. Right. 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 Nobody does it better. <laughs> I went back and listened to that. The, if you didn't listen to our, uh, our last podcast, the mailbag episode at the very end, I play a little Dr. Disrespect and he like, he yells, I'm not going to yell into, into your mic and blow out your, your AirPods, but you know, it's Dr. Disrespect. If you don't know who Dr. Disrespect is, Google Dr. Disrespect right now. Yeah. There really isn't like anything you can find that won't be funny in some way or another. But anyways, so right now we are recording on a Thursday night during Thursday night football. Why? Because the Jets and the Broncos are playing. And it's really not that big a deal. And I watched the first half. Wasn't all that entertaining. More players getting injured at MetLife Stadium. (laughs) Uh, 49ers running back Raheem Mostert fired off a tweet saying, Hey, what do you know? Some lower body injuries at MetLife Stadium. And then he basically told the NFL to fix that shit. Um, (laughs) You know, and I, you know, I don't know, man. I know there's got to be a certain level of frustration for the 49ers after suffering that many injuries there. But and, and but then there's going to be a lot of people that say, oh, it's football. There's always going to be injuries at every field on grass. Saquon Barkley towards ACL on grass, all that stuff. But like to me, if like this many football players are all talking about how much that turf sucks, there has to be some sort of like validity to it. Right. I would think so. Uh, you know, it, like it's they tough, play on it. Yeah, I. I would think so. There's got to be something to it. They'll look into it and maybe change it out again, or maybe it's just too new and it needs to be worn down just a little bit um, because you know it is. It was new turf that was just put in this off season. So, right. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I just saw a lot of comments where it was like, man, like people get injured playing football all the time. How do you know it's this field? And and you know, then Kyle Shanahan at the at a press conference said, well. There are 30% more injuries on turf, which, you know, sounds a, a little more educated than, oh, well, football's dangerous. You know what I mean? So, I mean, obviously it's something that's that's frustrated the 49ers. They they got it. They, they unfortunately seems like they took the brunt of the fall for the rest of the NFL and, you know, whatever. But Raheem wasn't pumped about that. Yeah, I, this um, game, this game is interesting. Like, I know that the teams are sorry, <laughs> like, you know, they're both 0-3 teams, but it's it's a it's a competitive game. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, two sorry teams can still have a great football game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 24-16. You've had some scoring. You've had some, like, like you know, good plays to kind of talk about. Uh, you know, you look forward to seeing Sam Darnold and if he's progressing. So, you know, there are storylines. You've got Quentin Williams on the other side. I got half my timeline saying he's a bust. Uh, you know, I'm I think half your timeline probably wants him to be a bust so that the Nick Bosa pick can just be that much better. And that's yeah. just weird to me. Like, it'd be cool if they both were good. Right. I mean, it's like he did just have two sacks against the 49ers and injured Jimmy Garoppolo. So. No, man, he's a bust. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. No, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it happens in college football all the time. Two bad football teams can still put on a great show because they're both bad. And you might have a bad offensive line, but maybe the defensive line going up against them isn't great either. So it just looks, it looks like if you just pretend that it's two really good teams, 
then it'll seem like a great game. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what is really bad. The some of these uh jazz players wearing white cleats with these all black uniforms. I mean, you know I'm the uniform police guy. And I that's just that's just something you just don't do. Well, and it's I was dude, I was looking at those. Those uniforms are clean. Oh no, they're sweet. They are. They, they know, got they that got, like candy constant. green helmet. There were a lot of people that like talked bad about the uniforms when they first came out. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? These uniforms are hella clean. I think there's a, a group of Twitter out there that thinks it's cool to hate on uniforms. <laughs> like, right. They like, could they be... didn't give them a chance. No, no, no. I know. But like, like when the Chargers came out with their uniforms, I was like, woo! Like, these are amazing. You know what I mean? But but then there's and I and I'm pretty sure that I have good taste and they are good. But then there's so many people like they could literally introduce the coolest uniform ever created in NFL history. I'll just put it this way. There's people that hate on the 49ers all white throwbacks. Probably oh, yeah. some of the coolest uniforms to ever come around. That's, and, that's you know, ridiculous. They just hate on them because they hate it. It's not their team, I guess. It's probably the real reason. They hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> Just don't hate on those all-black 49ers uniforms. Oh, they wrong. hate those. They hate you're those wrong. Things. You're wrong. Yeah, they're, I think it's just you know, a nice switch-up for a game. Like You're not saying like that's going to be the permanent jerseys, but, you know, like, damn, you can't wear them for a – oh, damn. Sam Donald what got happened? sacked. Sam Donald got sacked. It's like, but you oh, can't man. wear them for a game? It's like, damn, like – <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I had the hiccups just the other day, man. I know. Like, what happened? Let me drink some of this water. Uh, trying to record a podcast with the hiccups would be awesome. So I'm really hoping that that's about to happen. No, nah, I'm because I just you just water. be I'm sitting good. here talking, <clears throat> and then you just keep trying to. <clears throat> no, I think I'm good. But, anyways, 49ers, they're doing things, they're out there, they're practicing. Oh, hopefully, they don't have a hiccup. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't they don't need a hiccup right now. Right. They need to uh they need to give themselves as much playoff wiggle room as they can get when that's and right now's the time to do it. I um, think so. You know, like kind of just to touch on that a little bit. That that's a big uh oh man. Oh. Oh. Um the returner almost ran it back. The punter made a good tackle. But no, that's a good point. The biggest thing right now, and I get it, like the 49ers have a soft, quote-unquote, part of their schedule where just maybe the teams aren't, you know, the teams are going against aren't winning games, but you need these games right now. Like, this is, like, perfect opportunity for the 49ers to, like, stay in the hunt while they still get healthy, you know? Like, this right. is, you know, last year I think it was, you know, all, you know, 49ers were just kind of learning how to really win. And they played some teams where it was like, look at their schedule. But it's like, you know, I mean, even though they were blowing everybody out, but it was like, you kind of need those games, right? Build up some, uh, you know, confidence. Okay, we can't do this. We win games and, you know, all that. Uh, but right now it's like, yeah, we need these games because we just got to get through this stretch of, of injuries and get some guys back and kind of get things rolling. Right. No, it's, it's 100%. And when you think about, you know, think about how tight the 49ers playoff race was last season, you know, and, and one win would have drastically altered their playoff schedule and what it would have looked like. Right. And so, I mean, to me, I mean, you can't, I can't predict what would have happened if the 49ers, let's say, would have lost to the Saints or something like that, you know, and, and they would have had a completely different playoff track. But it's like, you know, the reason the 49ers Super Bowl run, once they got into the playoffs, looked so easy is because they were the number one seed and they, you know, they, they, 
got to play the Vikings and then they got to play the Packers. You know, you, when you're ever the, you're the higher seed, you always get to go against the lowest seed that's available. So, you know, that's that's the 49ers made getting to the Super Bowl once they were in the playoffs look easy. You know what I mean? And, and it, it, that can drastically be different just based on the wins that they're getting right now, you know, wins or losses. So while I think it might feel like one got away from the 49ers, and it certainly did against the Cardinals to open up the season, but at the same time, we've we've seen the Cardinals go ahead and we've seen how good they are. So, you know, I, it's obvious to me that the 49ers still could have won that. But at the same time, they shouldn't feel as bad about losing to the Cardinals. They just need to make sure that they win all of these games that are the ones they 100% should win. You know, nothing in the NFL is a gimme, but that's kind of in the territory they are in right now. They should win, you know, whereas I always, at least for me, I always felt that the Cardinals were going to be a a, a coin toss anyways. They're just a team on the come up. Um, But anyways, some some little housekeeping news for you guys. Uh, George Kittle, again, was a full participant. He spoke with the media a little bit today, and he fully expects to play on Sunday against the Eagles, Sunday night. Um, So we'll see George Kittle come back, which is just fine. You know, they're coming back home. They're at Levi's Stadium. They're on grass, thank goodness. And, uh, you know, he said to – he also said that if if this were late in the season and these were wins that kind of what we were just talking about that that mattered, that that had games that had to be won, he would have played. The team just was careful with him. You know, they just and then the which seems like a smart move now. They beat the Giants thirty six to nine. So, you know, but George Kittle's good, healthy, practicing in full. So he'll be he'll be playing on Sunday. Uh, so is Jarek McKinnon. He uh, he came out of the Giants game a little early with uh, some rib issues, but he's practicing in full. Um, Kwan Williams is limited now. He didn't practice yesterday. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, but now he's limited. So it, it looks like he'll be okay. I think they're just kind of being a little careful with him. Um, Witherspoon is also limited with a hamstring. Uh, I th- wanted to say yesterday he was a full participant. I'm almost positive he was a full participant yesterday on Wednesday. Um, but now he's limited. So hopefully that doesn't mean he had kind of like a hamstring flare-up. Because if, if you've ever injured your hamstring, you know, you can feel good. You can feel like you're recovered. And then the moment you really start driving, you'll just kind of feel it pop, not pop up, but you'll just feel it. You'll know that it's not 100%. It feels like, like I never had a really bad hamstring injury, but it almost feels like somebody's like just driving a wedge in between your muscles. It's weird. Have you ever had like a hammy? No, I wasn't fast enough to pull it. <laughs> well, I was, certainly wasn't fast, bro. So, I mean, we're not going there, but... Um, both I, I had a, a hamstring and a quad. My quad was a little more like that, where it just I feel like something's just constantly like in like pushing into my muscle. It was weird. Yeah, but, I, I've um, had a tight hammy. Um, I definitely think I pulled a groin one time. Uh, yeah, no, nah, it is. It's something where you just feel like, man, if I if I really run full speed, something really is going to happen. So right, right, it, it's tough. It, some of those things you you just really need a lot of time off for it to recover. Like a few weeks of not doing much at all. Yeah, that's that's and that's kind of what I was about to say is like so much of it is just so much of players missing games due to injuries like hamstrings and stuff like that is like prevention. It's injury prevention. Like, okay, they tweak their hamstring. This guy can play, but there's a very good chance that he is going to further damage his hamstrings. So they just don't do it. 
you know, if, if there were a lot of stakes on the line, maybe, you know, that they, they make that, that choice, but it's just a matter of, of trying to mitigate that, that injury and making sure that you're not coaxing it into being something worse, which is, is the way those things worse, uh, work. Um, didn't practice kind of the same list that we had for yesterday. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, D Ford, Dre Greenlaw, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, and Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's ex- Jordan Reed and D Ford are both expected to be put on injured reserve this week. I don't know what they're waiting on. Uh, maybe there's some some strategy there as far as what they're going to do with those spots. I really don't know, but. Um, Ford and, and Reed expected on his reserve. Doesn't look like Mosley's going to play. I mean, he's still out with a concussion. I haven't heard anything about him progressing through the concussion protocol, which would, if Witherspoon goes, that means the 49ers two starting corners against the Eagles would be Akella Witherspoon and Jason Brett. But interesting enough, I'd have to find this. Um, I think Barrows tweeted a joke about it. No, no, it was Mailco. I believe the the Eagles had one healthy receiver on their fifty three man roster today. Yes, one of one of their players got hurt that wasn't hurt. Greg Ward, a former AAF wide receiver, was the only Eagles receiver practicing today, which is former AAF wide receiver and former Houston Cougar quarterback. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not slighting him because I actually like his game. And what I've seen, he actually looks solid, you know, like he's, he's very, he's, he's been productive. Anytime right. he's had an opportunity, he's, he's productive. Right. So, but, but they're, they're, the injuries to that squad are, I tried to make a joke on Twitter about the fact that like the 49ers had two healthy corners. The Eagles had one healthy receiver advantage 49ers. But then I realized the 49ers had a bit more than just two healthy corners. There were some other there's some other guys on the 53 man roster, uh, like Ken Webster and and stuff like that. That you know, and there's some practice squad guys. So the joke didn't work out, but you know it was. Uh, and who the hell is Webster? Where where is he? Like I saw him on the field number 35, and I was like, who the, who is Webster? Like what am I missing? I think he's I think he's actually kind of like a a, a is he a veteran guy? I don't know. Is that somebody they and I probably just kind of the signing probably just went over my head like I'm sure I saw it. I remember Played they brought, they brought a couple guys in. I know they brought a couple guys in. Uh, I know they brought a couple guys in, but hey, was that one? Yeah, of them? it was when know, they signed was, those guys to the practice squad. They signed him straight to the active roster. Yeah, so, there was one guy. Is that the guy that was a former Steeler? No, huh? No, 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 no. He's on the practice squad. I don't know who Ken Webster is, but shout out to you, Ken. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. Living the dream. I mean, he's on the 53 and he's making that money. So a little bit weird when it comes to the 49ers roster right now versus, I mean, the Eagles are practically in the same place as the 49ers. They've got a ton of injuries, um, especially to their playmakers. So this is kind of just one of those games where, uh, you know, the 49ers are going to be favored significantly, but both squads are kind of dealing with their injuries. Um, another little funny, I don't know, quote from today was was Javon Kinlaw, rookie defensive lineman that they picked in the first round this year. Um, somebody asked him if he was excited, if he's excited when he gets to play on Sundays or, or something like that. And his answer was, was, no, I'm not excited. I'm just angry because he <laughs> plays football angry, which just instantly made me think of like the Hulk. 
you know, and he's a huge dude, so it it, it fit. But like, you know, you it just you wouldn't like him when he's angry, I suppose. But you know, I I don't know. Thought it was a funny quote, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, shoot, keep playing angry because he's been good. Like, yeah, he's been solid. He's been making plays. You know, right? He's been good. It's been impressive. Um, so now we've got Debo Samuel, who made his return to practice this week. The reason he's not on the injured report is because he's still on injured reserve and the 49ers aren't required to list him on the injury report since he's not on the active roster. And he has the 49ers have until Saturday at one to determine to, to bring him up and decide whether or not, you know, what his status for the game is going to be. So that's something to look at. He's kind of practicing. He's practicing in full, but they're easing him along. I don't really expect him to play. I think they're going to be careful with that, especially with like a, a foot injury. I don't know if you guys have seen, I don't even know if it's the same type of a foot, uh, a broken foot, but if you guys have seen the last dance with Michael Jordan, um, when he breaks his foot really early in his career and he, while he was injured, he convinced them to let him go play like, or just go like do go, do, go to Stanford and do his thing. Well, they didn't know, but he started playing basketball on his own. Um, but then when he came back to the pros, uh, he was trying to get into the into the game, and they and the, basically the doctor said, "Well, he's like a he's a ninety percent chance he'll be good, but there's a ten percent chance that he'll injure his foot again." And then the the owner was like, "Well, what happens if if that ten percent happens?" He goes, "Well, his career is probably over." And, <laughs> and on one hand, you've got Michael Jordan is like, "Man, I'm looking at this like the glass is glass is half full. I got a ninety percent chance that I'll be good." And and the owners and everybody with any responsibility over the matter is like, dude, like, chill. <laughs> like, if there's a ten, still a ten percent chance you could seriously hurt yourself. Right. And the uh, the owner in the show had a really good example and was like, and and so and and Michael Jordan had a really good reply. He was like, look, if I gave you ten pills for a a, a headache and I told you nine of these are good, one of them is going to kill you would you take the pill? And he was, and, and then Michael Jordan's response was, well, it depends on how bad the headache is. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like that's funny. So, but that's going back to my original point is if, if there's any chance Debo Samuel can, can re-injure his foot, like, you know, that's abnormally high. Of course he could be completely healed 100% good to go and still go out there and re-injure it. But if, if there's a heightened chance of that because they rushed him out, then they're not going to do it. Um, they know what he brings to the table for this offense. You know, they want to get this offense fully healthy so that they can start really chipping away at, at this playoff run that they're, that they can make. Um, so we'll see. I'd say he's, he's a generous 50, 50, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just want, I just, I just want to see Debo and Ayuk lining up at the same time, man. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? What do you but, think those two, like, but, like what excites you about those two? Or is it, is it like anything that, like, does it have to do with anything they, they bring together? Or is it just that they're both good players? Yeah, just having two talented players on the field. That's fair. I just, I know I've mentioned this, and you'd have to tell me if I'm I'm a little more excited about this than I should be. But it's like, I feel like, especially seeing the way they used Ayuk against the Giants, like I love the fact that they're gonna have two guys that the defense have to re- has to respect like that motion, you know what I mean? Like 
there are some players that go in motion and the defense is not worried about them handing it to them. They just are going in motion. So the guy has to shift over. But with Debo and Ayuk, like in the way Kyle Shanahan runs his offense, like every time they do those motions, the whole defense is going to kind of tense up. Like, okay, this could be going to him right now. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, nah, definitely. You, you, they have to really account for it, and it stretches the defense out. Right. It's like the if 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 there is you know if once those guys go in motion, it holds a whole like half of a front seven. It holds like two linebackers to whatever side direction he's going in, and like two defensive ends. Yeah, and it's just – and Kyle Shanahan knows that. Like, I believe – I saw somebody tweet about the fact that they did one of those motion plays to Ayuk. And I think given what you just said, how it kind of holds people in place, they didn't even block, like, the play side defensive end and linebacker or something. They didn't even block them because they knew they were just going to have to sit there and wait to see what happened. Yep. And Ayuk just ran right by him. It might have. It might, I think that's what it was. But it was. It was. And you watched them, and they just kind of sat there, like they just kind of waited. Like, oh crap! Yep, he got it. You know what I mean? Like it was just. <laughs> it, it's just. It's. It's awesome to see kind of Kyle Shanahan's plays work. And and one thing that's always really enamored me about NFL plays and the effective ones is they make defenses look really stupid. Like they make a defense look like they really messed up. Like they've forgotten how to play, but in reality, given everybody's assignments and what they're used to seeing and maybe what they've seen on tape and what they're thinking might be happening, like Kyle Shanahan knows that too. So he builds these plays to just work off what you're expecting or what you're you know, thinking the play might be. And good defenses just end up looking stupid based off, you know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think the one thing that kind of, it's hard to tell on TV or all 22 is exactly how fast it's happening from field level. Like it, it happens really fast and you have to react like in a split second. That's why, you know, these guys are, you know, we talked about it. They're, they're elite athletes, but you can't even really have a true uh, appreciation for it until you like are standing on that sideline and watching an, an NFL game in live, like live view. Like it's, all these things ha- happen in the in the split second. So when you're looking at you know defensive ends kind of slow playing it or whatever, when you're watching it from like the the broadcast view, it looks like it's happening kind of in slow motion. But on that field, man, that stuff is happening hella fast. <laughs> right. So yeah, nah, it's 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 tough. It's tough. And that's why you know like the elite guys are elite guys like uh, Aaron Donald, man, like you know. Well, and you know what's funny is – it's funny you say that. Like, there's this kid who is uh, – who, who went to a – he played – he went to a local middle school that I played football against. And then he went to a, a, a local high school that my, my dad teaches at. And, and now I believe he's already um, committed to Georgia. He was one of, like, the best college football prospects in the, in the country. His name's Kendall Milton. And uh, he's a, he's a big boy, and uh, and he was one of those like you know like when you see like Jadeveon Clowney's like high school highlights where it's just like absurd like like yeah. you're like how is this guy on the same field? This is a little bit how he is. 
in middle school. Right now, he's 6'2", 215. So he's a big dude. Damn. <laughs> um, he's a he's a four-star recruit. Um, I, I don't know if that varies between um, sites or whatever, but he's a four-star recruit. He's already committed to Georgia. Um, but this guy grew up, he was probably at least six feet in middle school when your average kid's probably five, seven, five, six. So if he was high five, and I remember, I think in the game he played against us in middle school, I think he touched the ball like five times and scored four times. And (laughs) there was one play where he took it. Like it was like a power, just a power play kind of down the, the middle, like right behind the right guard. And it was clogged up and sure he probably could have ran through everybody. But he he bounced it kind of to the right, realized there just wasn't anything over there, and he came running all the way back around the field, and he ran right by us, uh, uh, the Kasner coaches. He wasn't being like a dick. He was just – that's just where his lane was. And he runs by me, and this is a guy who is going to – he's going to eventually be the starting running back at Georgia. He will probably play in the NFL. And he so he runs by me, and like – it's kind of like what Crocs just talking about. Like where you, when you see like an NFL play in person and give in mind, this is a middle schooler, but he runs by me and he was probably running a four or five at the time, you know, a middle schooler, but he was a four or five <laughs> is still really fast. And yeah. And, and he just comes running by and down the sideline and I can feel his feet hitting the ground. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, like I wasn't even upset. I was just like, this kid is for real. And sure enough, he went on to uh, – I don't know what his, his stats were at Buchanan. Um, I would like like to look him up right now. Let me, uh, But he was just – he was unreal. Like, And, and it, it kind of just speaks to what, what Croc was just talking about. Like when you see NFL speed and you see NFL athletes in person, it's pretty intimidating. You know, it's just – they're on another level. That's why they – that's why they're where they are. Right. Um, he, okay. In 2018 at Buchanan, he rushed for 1,337 yards on a head 174 carries 7.7 yards per carry and 27 touchdowns. And then in 2019, he had 1500 yards and 23 touchdowns. So yeah, he, and he, he's a good, he's a good player. And he was on an, on a team where like, you knew where the ball was going, (laughs) you know, like they didn't have any huge threat receivers or anything like that. So you know where it was going. Um, Anyways, we are going to, I'm going to get a quick word in from our sponsors. Um, We're going to hit our sponsors. And then when we come back, we will talk uh, 49ers Eagles and kind of what we're looking at and what we're expecting in that game. Up first, we've got DoorDash. Because, I mean, you've counted on restaurants. I know you'd be, you be ordering this food all the time. And now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. This is our way of supporting them right now. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. The food's going to be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite spot, and your food's on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code 
Blue Wire. That's $5 off, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download DoorDash and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, Blue Wire, $5 off DoorDash. Following up DoorDash, we've got Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to keep you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching. And last but certainly not least, we've got Bet Online. The wait's over. Football's back. Even if it is the Broncos and the Jets, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. Game spreads, totals, team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championships, futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online is your online sports book experts. So, Croc, when I say 49ers, Eagles, what's like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What are you thinking? Uh, Carson Wentz. What are you thinking about Carson Wentz? You know, which Carson Wentz is going to show up? I I think he's kind of gotten beat up in the media over the last, you know, few weeks. And I get, you know, probably a lot of it deservedly so. Uh, he hasn't played well. He's thrown two interceptions and two picks in each uh, of his first three games. I mean, they tied against the Bengals in, in in a game where I'm pretty sure most people thought that the, the Eagles would be able to handle him. But, you know, he's dealing with a lot of adversity. Uh, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, one one receiver was able to practice today. Uh, you know, he's been dealing with a, a plethora of injuries to that position. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey has been out. And then this past game, uh, Deshaun Jackson left the game early, and it looks like he's likely not to play. So, you know, but watching them, I, I, I just watched, like, the condensed version. I didn't go through and watch, like, all 22 and you know, or anything like that. But he looked like Carson Wentz. Um, it didn't look bad. Now, again, I don't watch all 22, and I don't really – when it comes to, like, opposing, like, quarterbacks and things like that, like – I don't know what their reads are or anything like that. So I didn't want to, you know, I don't judge them off of that. I just judge him off of what it looks like. And he looked like Carson Wentz, strong arm. Uh, you know, he, he did miss some throws. I, I don't know if maybe there's, you know, trust issues there. He doesn't have like the big body Alshon Jeffrey out there. He was throwing to, it looked like a, like a lot of his completions were to like a new target every time. One time it was like Burnett that, you know, re- 49er legend, Deontay uh, Burnett. He was with the 49ers in like preseason or training camp this year, I mean. Um, so like at one point he threw a ball to Burnett. Then he threw a ball to, gosh, it was somebody else. I'm like, who the hell is that? And then you had Greg Ward <laughs> Jr. who, you know, keeps kind of like hanging around and 
I mean, just all these guys that he's kind of like trying to elevate. And, you know, it, it looks a little tough at, at, at times, but he does have all reliable Zach Ertz, who is playing well. Uh, but, you know, then he lost the other guy, uh, Dallas Goddard. So he's been banged up, but th- that's the first guy that came to my mind, uh, Carson Wentz. And he did make plays on it with his legs. Uh, definitely, he made a few plays with his with his legs. Had a nice long run. Had a scramble for a touchdown. Like I, I just think when you when you see his numbers, and and you hear that he's struggling, it seems one way, especially with the team being o two and one. But when you actually watch him play, it doesn't look nearly as bad as what you would think. That was just that was kind of my my uh, perception of watching it. Yeah, and the first thing I think of, and 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 it, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the Eagles' offense, but it's that it's that Eagles like defense right now. Like they're playing really, really good, and and obviously, you know, they still gave up twenty three to the Bengals. You know, rookie quarterback, and but you know, the Bengals. Joe Burrow's been pretty good. He's he's looked pretty good. So it's not like a shame, but I mean, I'm looking at the numbers just strictly from the numbers. Numbers haven't didn't even watch the game. And I, and I feel like looking at these numbers, probably watching the game would be worse. Like it wouldn't, it would add even more context to these, but I mean, I'm looking at three and a half, five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, eight sacks. The Bengals offensive line is not the 49ers offensive line, but this Eagles defensive front rattled off eight sacks against the Bengals. The 49ers offensive line has not been great. Even when when Jimmy got hurt, I believe that was Quentin Williams, right, that got through? Yep. So Quentin Williams got there, and it wasn't – Quentin Williams wasn't necessarily the reason he got hurt. But, you know, obviously when Jimmy got hurt, Quentin Williams got through, and then the ref too long to, took too long to blow the whistle, and then another guy got through and hit him, and then Jimmy toughed it out for the ref of the half, and for one whole drive, I believe it ended in a touchdown too – Jimmy was getting hit like every throw, like just boom, hit, boom, hit, boom, hit. And he was, he, I think he only had one incompletion that whole half. It was almost perfect. But I mean, Nick Mullins is playing because Jimmy's hurt because he got hit. And, and like, so that's just sacks, eight sacks. Let me count quarterback hits, seven, nine, uh, 12, 14, 16 quarter, eight sacks and 16 quarterback hits. And another, like, eight tackles for loss. Like, the 49ers offensive line better wire their shit tight. Or they're going to be reaching into the C.J. Beathard barrel. Because Nick Mullins is is a very serviceable quarterback. But, you know, I'm assuming that Kyle Shanahan, you know, as smart as he is, has to know this. And I'm assuming the the short passing game, the passes to McKinnon, the quick slants to Ayuk, you know, the, the, whatever you, the, the out routes to George Kittle, whatever. I'm assuming those are going to be dialed up often because they cannot allow anything close to what the Eagles did to the Bengals. You know, uh, otherwise, there's no chance. And, and what's interesting about that to me, I don't even know. Like I said, I did not watch the Eagles and Bengals game, but I look at those numbers and I want to know how many blitzes they were dialing up because the first thing you're going to do to one, a rookie quarterback, and two, a backup quarterback, is to blitz the hell out of them and and just force them to make quick decisions, probably bad decisions. And and it's just like 
you know, to me, seeing those numbers, if it was Jimmy out there, I'd be like, damn, Jimmy better watch out. But knowing that it's Mullins and knowing the the defensive coordinator has even more motivation to send pressure and, and blitz and and do what they can to get to the quarterback, I it's you know that 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 should that should make uh, you know Kyle Shanahan a little bit nervous. You know, yeah, I mean? no, definitely. That's- and and I think the same could be said for the Eagles' offensive line. Like it's bad. That was one thing too. You know, I talked about. Uh, Carson Wentz having to make plays, you know, or making plays with his legs, a lot of times it was because he had to. I mean, he spun out of like four sacks. And that's not even including the times where they actually did sack him. You know, I'm talking about the Bengals defensive line. And I don't think that's a defensive line that people think are like, it's like good, but they definitely looked good against the Eagles offensive line. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Uh, Carson Wentz had to make a lot of magic happen back there. And there were a few times where he 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 just couldn't. So, as good as the Eagles' defensive line is, the offensive line has been that poor. Right. Yeah. So the 49ers are going to have their own, you know, matchup. And I and I and I have been with the I have been impressed with the 49ers' ability to generate pressure without Nick Bosa. You know, like, well, they've been. I think they've been blitzing more than they would like. Oh yeah. But I mean, if, if you can get away with it, then do it. You know, it's just a matter of, of you know, eventually they're going to be coming up against offenses that, that are going to make them respect, you know, the blitz and, and the consequences of it. But if they can get away with but that's why, you know, everybody kind of gets down on Carson Wentz and his his struggles with injury. That's why. I mean, he's he's had some runs that he probably should have, you know, got out of bounds or gotten down. But like he just doesn't have a good offensive line and he's getting rocked back there. And so the 49ers should be – whatever pressure the Eagles are bringing, the, the 49ers should be able to respond in kind with their own pressure. And, and, and you know, we'll see. It, it might it, – this could be one of those defensive battles, you know, a lowest-scoring game. Hopefully, you're – you know, it's not close. I feel like the 49ers should beat the Eagles handedly. But at the same time, the, the, this Eagles squad has a lot of experienced players and a lot of these players that were there during their Super Bowl run, and that can never be discounted. Now – the 49ers do too, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I still think the Eagles are a respectable squad. Yeah, they have sense. good football players. Like they have some like high level talented players. And, and that was something that the Giants, they, they just don't have right now, right? The Jets, they just don't have right now. But the Eagles, they definitely have some on both sides of the ball. So that that running back, uh, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders. 26, he, he looked good. Like he was good. And I don't want to like, talk up this team like, you know, they're just – but we got to, you know, use some context here. The Eagles were up 17-0 against Washington week one. Now, obviously, they let them come back, but we are talking about a team that was up 17-0, just like 49ers were up 10-0, you know, week one and lost. Uh, you know, they were in a tight game against the Bengals where, where you know, they – could have won, maybe. I mean, they were down uh, and scored a, a touchdown at the end and kind of tied it up. To didn't he kind of botch it at the end? Like, didn't the coach make a weird decision? So, like, it, it was a weird decision decision based on how you kind of wanted to play out. I, I think ultimately it was the right decision to punt and go for the tie because their division is trash right now. There's hmm. no team with, you know, that's over 500. Or, you know, obviously not even 500 after three weeks. But um, I think the Dallas Cowboys have one win. 
and Washington has one win. Then the other teams are winless. So when is when everything's kind of that tight, I don't think you have to play for a win and risk getting a loss because it was at midfield. Um, I think that tie is better than having a loss. And remember, 49ers dealt with something like that last year when they played against the Seahawks where they could have played for a tie. They decided to go for it. Fine, I'm all for it. Be aggressive. But losing the game made week 17 very important where if they would have tied that game week nine or whenever that was, if they would have had a tie ball game against Seahawks, week 17 would not have mattered at all. So, you know, like they they, they would have already had the division wrapped up. So I guess you just kind of have to look at it, you know, in that way where uh, I guess looking down the line, to me it was most questionable or not questionable, but it's just like you have this quarterback, excuse me, that you feel like is a high-level guy, pay him over $100 million. You know, it was fourth and two. They lined up to go for it, and they had, like, a false start. So then it was like, okay, we can't go for it now. So they were going to, like, so then they decided to punt in on fourth and seven. Um, And even then, I I guess, like, looking at it at the moment, it was a big uproar on Twitter, including me. I tweeted about it, like, damn, like, I'm surprised they didn't go for it. But looking at the weapons they have right now, Guys banged up, guys out. You know, I talked about the no-name guys that they're kind of leaning on to make plays. I, I guess it was ultimately kind of, you know, the right decision, like, you know, in the long run. Right. And I, and I think it's important to do that. There's always context to everything. You know what I mean? And we, we talk a lot about on this channel about how, you know, people are so black and white about, about the way they're thinking and they're so quick to just rush to judgment. But it's always, you know, it, it may have still been the wrong decision or whatever, but if you if you embrace some of the context behind everything, you can probably at least get to where you're understanding why in any given situation that coach or that player or what have you made the choice that they did. You know, usually it's not – the answer usually isn't they're just dumb. You know, they've got right. – there's just there's just a process that they're thinking about. They have something in their mind and, and the, you know what I mean? Like, so there's, there's always something like that, but – Oh, that's and that's a good perspective, especially comparing it to how you know that worked for the 49ers last year. Because obviously, I mean, no regrets. It set things up for a pretty amazing ending to that game and a pretty you know uh, you know awesome playoff run. But at the same time, you know, all of these decisions, especially for the 49ers when they're going to be in such a tight divisional race, all of these decisions have implications. You know that are that make decisions a bit more complicated than your average fan is like wants to believe it is you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah anyways we uh we wrote down some kind of some players to to keep an eye on but um so like we're saying if emmanuel mosley doesn't go we had talked about like if if it's if emmanuel mosley was playing it doesn't look like he's going to play that could change but it doesn't look like he's going to play but if he had played we would have kind of seen the 49ers have to make a decision on whether to start akello witherspoon or Jason Verrett at corner. Now, Jason only Verrett, Jason Jason only Verrett, Jason Verrett only got his shot because Akella Witherspoon was injured for that game, but he played really well. And there's there's obviously competition for that spot. So, Croc, I know you said that you wanted to, you would let Jason Verrett play even if Witherspoon was ready. Well, they may not have to make that decision now, but I, I mean, is there anything specific you're going to be looking for in Verrett that or? maybe just duplicating what he showed you against the Giants? 
Yeah, definitely. Just can, can he keep it going? You know, was it a fluke? I don't think so. Obviously, I think he played extremely well. I just want to see, like, does he continue continue to challenge himself the way he did last week, you know, even against, uh, you know, different opponents? I want to say Alshon Jeffrey is playing. That's kind of what I heard or, you know, from, like, uh, Eagles people. Sources, bro. Yes, my sources. <laughs> and uh, But, um, you know, I just want to see, like, can he continue to be, be what we saw last week? Because to me, that was that was really good. That was really impressive. And if he does, then you really have something because I think that's better version opposite Richard Sherman than what we've seen. And that's not to say that, you know, Mosley hasn't had his moments and played very well. I just think it was just, it, it was still like a different level of, of, of playing. Now, the tough thing is, you know, most coaches, Teams, you know, you kind of hear this saying a lot. You don't want to lose, you know, you don't, you don't, guys don't lose their their jobs to injury. So, you know, obviously with Mosley going out due to injury, you don't want that to be the reason why. But I think, shoot, man, like, as of right now, Vares kind of playing himself into a role where he does, you know, he earns it. So we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm 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 interested in that man because it's just like I've said before, like it's just you know, it's it's all about that comeback story, man. I want to see I mean, I want to see Jason Verrett just rise up and and you know, just imagine how cool it would be and how many cool stories and how many people it would would talk about if Jason Verrett got healthy and just finished out every game of this season and was just locking out his side. Richard Sherman comes back, and both of them are just shutting it down. And, you know, that would be so cool for, for Jason Verrett, who has just endured the worst injury luck, like, ever. You know, like, I, to me, it's like, how could you not root for something like that to happen? Are the odds good it'll happen? No, but it'd be pretty sweet. The, the one thing I think that people have to take into consideration as, as well is, like, Say it doesn't go 100% like last week and say it gives up a couple catches and maybe he gives up like one touchdown. You still have to look at like the overall scope of things. I think sometimes like maybe it's all fan bases, but definitely 49er fan bases where, you know, it's like one play will stick in their minds and they'll judge that player based on that one play instead of their entire like body of work. So, you know, Verrett goes out there and there's like, you know, he gives up, a play and, you know, it happens to be a touchdown or whatever. Like, if he's locking up the rest of the game, like, that's still a really good outing. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's – there's you're playing corner, man. There's no shame in giving up catches. But, you know, we'll see. And, and, and obviously, as always, if he does play and he plays the whole game and everything goes well, I will be eager awaiting Crocker's Monday or Tuesday thread, of course, of with if Jason Verrett plays. Do you have to wait until they publish, like, the – the all twenty two stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even know. I mean, that first one I wanted to show it because I just thought it was really good. I don't know if I'll do it again. That shit takes a long time. <laughs> it does, man. It does. You just make sure to put your watermark on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's your it's your footage, bro. But anyways, um, so a couple other people to get keep an eye on. Obviously, Nick Mullins is one. Yeah, I just want to see him come out and, and and there might be pressure in his face and it might not be easy to do, but don't be afraid to make the smart decision. You know what I mean? Like there's usually a check down open. There's usually some type of dump off that's available. If, if you do that, you get three yards, you avoid forcing the ball into something silly. 
you know, just just take what the defense is going to give you. You know, we were talking yesterday about how Drew Brees obviously probably can't throw it down the field as how as well as he, he could. But that guy has no problem hooking up with Alvin Kamara for six yards 18 times a game. <laughs> like, right. completely different offenses. I don't know, you know, I don't know how Kyle Shanahan schemes that up. But if if you have to just throw it to Jarek McKinnon or whatever, then then just do it, man. Just be efficient. And, and mistake-free. That's what I loved about his performance against the Giants. He was mistake-free. And even when he came in against the Jets, uh, he his interception wasn't entirely his fault because I can't. I think it was uh, Mike McGlinchey let the rusher get in pretty quickly, and Nick Mullins had to had to throw the the uh, had to really get the throw out quick, and it was a little behind McKinnon, and uh, and he tipped it up into the air, and it was intercepted. So. You know, and I feel like Nick Mullins for a backup quarterback is pretty good at, at being safe with the football. And that's just what I want to see from him. Just be safe from the football, you know, force it down or not force it, but throw it down the field a couple times. Uh, but, you know, it's it, to me, if, if the Eagles are going to bring the pressure that like they did anything close to what they did against the Bengals, it's got to be quick. Just be decisive. We say we always said in the military, like a, a, a bad decision I wouldn't say a bad decision because that doesn't really support my point. But like, an, a decent decision is better than no decision. You know what I mean? It might have not have been the best decision, but at least you made one. So, uh, kind of, kind of, that's kind of like my feelings towards McMullins in this game. And he's going to have George Kittle throw the ball to George Kittle. Let him, let him do his thing for you. It'll make you look good. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Like, what kind of impact do you think Darius Slay has in this game? Do you think he's going to shadow somebody? Is he going to is he going to shut <laughs> shut down Brandon Ayuk in his second game or third game? What do you think? <laughs> well, last week they had Bradbury who decided to shadow Kendrick Bourne, uh, which I think is uh, fair in, in terms of NFL experience. You know what I mean? Like, right. Going into the game, I mean, you know, you, I mean, who if you were going to shadow one receiver? It probably would have been Kendrick Bourne because Ayuk had what two catches for twenty yards the week before, and one catch was an accident, and the other one was just like a little <laughs> playoff, a uh, play action dump off. So, yeah, I clearly understand why they chose Kendrick Bourne now with with Ayuk kind of doing his thing last week and maybe showing a little bit more. Uh, you know, he didn't, I don't even think he really showed his full like explosiveness as as he like is. Will no, kind of yeah? Will Slay kind of channel you know in and focus on Ayuk? And if he does, that that's going to be a battle because yeah, I just watched Slay against uh, AJ Green, and he made life really tough. I don't know what AJ Green's uh, stats were last week. Let's see. I'm going to try to look it up right now, but he was he yeah. It was tough. It was tough for him. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. Stats. Well then, kind of. So he had five you're... catches, five catches for thirty-six yards uh, against Philadelphia last week, and I mean his longest catch was twelve yards. So that kind of tells you what kind of game you know he had to work for like every inch. Right, right, and I feel like you know, kind of like how Darius Slay's choice on who to shadow should be pretty easy for the most part. Like they're they're not going to be worried about whoever he's shadowing type of deal. Um, cause Darius Slay is an incredibly good cornerback. Uh, I feel like the 49ers kind of have that same decision to make. Now, like we said, we have a little bit of respect for Greg, Greg Ward. He's pretty good. Alshon Jeffrey, you never really know what you're going to get because 
I mean, he's he's banged up, so we'll see what he's doing if if he plays or not. Um, but to me, the Eagles' offense, as far as through the air, it's it's Zach Ertz. Like he's he's been their guy, even when when the, the the even when like the the weapons around him were healthier, he's always just been the guy. You know, he's he's or, or one of the main guys. So in this case, I, I feel like he's going to be a focus for the 49ers. Luckily, you got somebody like Fred Warner in the middle who is just as good, if not better, at pass uh, pass coverage as he is just being a you know a run stopping linebacker. Um, so I feel like that'll probably be a lot of his assignment, or maybe you, maybe you're you know letting Ward come down and do his thing. I mean, really, if you think about it, Squisky Tart, Jimmy Jimmy Ward, uh, Fred Warner. Uh, I mean, whoever is going to get the the Earth's responsibilities, I feel pretty good about. Um. Other than that, I mean, Miles Sanders, he's really good. He's talented. They have to worry about him. He's, he can catch the football. You know, he's pretty well-rounded. So I feel like I feel like Ertz and Sanders has got to be the the focal point. Easier said than done, but, right. you know, kind of seems like that. This kind of seems like one of those games, like, it's generic and it's kind of cliche, but just, just stomp the run and make them try to do everything through the air, and I feel like they'll be all right. But – you never know. I'm not. I'm not sitting here banging the Eagles are an easy win drum. That's that's not how I feel about this one. I feel like the 49ers should win, but I feel like they're not going to be able to just putter their way through it. It, it. You know what I mean? Does you have what do you, do you have that same kind of feeling? Yeah, you have more respect. Well, I know you know when I say you, I mean in general. Like you know, you should have. We should have more respect for Philadelphia than we did. The Giants or Jets, yeah. I think I really just based off of who is at quarterback and know at the end of the day he's gonna do anything he can to keep the team in the game. It, it'll be a much more competitive game. Um, you know, even with all the things that have gone down with Philadelphia, their games have been competitive. Now it might be, you know, kind of like you talked about with Jets and Broncos, maybe two sorry teams. So it's <laughs> like you know, it makes it look like it's a competitive game, but. Um, and this game's kind of coming down to the wire right now, man. It's pretty good. I know. I saw that. I was watching the uh, – did they uh, – okay, so they yeah. did kick the field goal to take the lead by two points. Okay, so now right. the Jets are driving. All right, well, I mean, you got any closing thoughts, Croc? I think we wrapped it up pretty good. Uh, you know, just 49ers, like, you have to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way. Uh, I saw the Bengals capitalize on good field position a couple of times. Had a nice uh, tip ball that resulted in an interception uh, early in the game that led to points for Cincinnati Bengals. So you just got to take advantage of of opportunities. Um, obviously, get pressure. And when you get two wins, you have to get them down. So that's the one thing that we'll be looking for. They got to capitalize on that because he spun out of or broke like four, you know four sacks or something like that. Uh, I might be exaggerating just a little bit, but that's what it looked like. And you 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 know you don't want you don't want that happening because then he starts moving around and making plays with his feet and he is very athletic so uh, yeah man they just gotta take advantage of of all opportunities that come their way right and and I, I touched on it earlier but to me on the other side of the ball just make things as easy as you can for Nick Mullins give him some quick options so that you can kind of neutralize uh, whatever pressure they're bringing that I feel like you know that's probably a little oversimplified. But to me, just make sure Nick Mullins has a couple easy options on every play. Um, we'll see how they're playing it. You know, I, I just feel like like him standing in the pocket is the last thing you want him doing in this game. It's just with the with the way that that Eagles uh, 
defensive front plays with with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and all those guys. So just uh, to me, it's the, the key on the other side of the ball is just just give Nick Mullen some quick options. But I think that does it. I think that's it for us. Um, yeah. That's our preview episode. Hey, thanks for hanging out for another week. You know, Crocker and I have been doing this four-week thing for – three weeks now and I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It feels right. feels normal. Um, You know, I like it, but I appreciate uh, we haven't gotten like the numbers for the month yet. Um, But, you know, obviously we're hoping for the best. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. We got a lot of positive feedback, already getting a lot of positive feedback from the mailbag episode that we just did Uh, hour and a half answering everybody's questions. Make sure you guys tune into that one. Um, But for another week, this is striking gold signing out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.